ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly and spend it, to spend it on your own pass, on passions. So the context of this passage, it's actually the whole passage is filled with wonderful principles about dealing with so many of the issues which have come become common in the church. But I want to lift this verse out of the passage and focus on our prayer lives. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passion. Now, did you know you can ask wrongly? I didn't really realize that. You can. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you and I are given an awesome privilege of being able to come before God with our prayers and be able to impact our world through His power. I mean, He's encouraged us to ask and it will be given to you. Right? He's encouraged us to pray for one another. He's encouraged us to pray for our government leaders. He's encouraged us to pray for healing. Through our prayers, we can be a part of what the Lord is doing in our world, in our lives, our families, members uh, of our community. We can impact them. However, too often we miss out because we rush into God's presence without being properly prepared. We have sin in our lives, or our attitudes are out of joint, or it's all about us, and we're not <coughs> making or caring about what God's will is in the concerned issue that we're facing. Oftentimes, we need to make important decisions. We need to hear from God. Oftentimes, we need someone in our lives needs something so serious and it's, it's so important or we need God to manifest Himself to somebody that we care about. Oftentimes, we lose our joy and our peace, which come from, from the Holy Spirit, and we, we keep trying to pray. So today, I want to challenge you to think about praying rightly, or at least preparing yourself to pray rightly. When you know you're entering into a time of intercessory prayer, when you know you need to make a decision about something, when you know you need to receive guidance from the Lord, or when you just plan to spend some fellowship time with the Lord, communing with Him, to take a few minutes and ask yourself the following questions. D develop, Try to develop a habit of running through this grid in your mind, or maybe you have it on paper. Instead of just jumping into the presence of the Lord. Because too many times, as James has said, we ask and do not receive because we ask wrongly. Now, now just a little side note here. God meets us where we are. There are times when we just cry, need to cry out to God. Or need to have Him speak to us on the spur of the moment. And, and He meets us in our need. I mean, obviously, the salvation prayer to receive Christ is that, or the Lord have mercy on me prayer. Sometimes all you can do is call out Jesus. And they don't involve what I'm about to share. But I'd also like to suggest to you that those kinds of prayers, your heart has to be right to pray them. Your heart gets to a place where you, you call out to him. So here's some questions, some, some things to ask yourself. Uh, before you enter into this time of intercessory prayer or time alone with the Lord. The first is, am I clean before the Lord? Am I clean before the Lord? Have I confessed my sins? 
Is there a known sin in my life of which I've not repented? Am I clean before the Lord? Now, we just had a time of confession as part of the service. Uh, but oftentimes, we just run through that. You know, we just say the words, but we don't really ask, is there known sin in my life? Isaiah 59.1, the prophet writes this. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. And did you hear what it said here? Your iniquities have separated you from your God. Not God from us. He'll never leave us, leave us or forsake us. But us from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you. You see, they blanket our ability to hear from him or to understand his ways. 1 John 1.8 If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Unconfessed sin interferes with our relationship with the Lord, or at least our, abil our ability to perceive His presence, to hear His voice and have the Holy Spirit's power in our lives. We don't realize that too many times there is purpose in our confession of sin. This is why we have it in our Anglican liturgy. This is why we say a confession of sin. There are times when we need to own up to what we have done because they, they, they blank it. So the first question is, am I clean before the Lord? I'm not talking about going to heaven. Don't, don't get that mixed up. We're not talking about going to heaven. I'm talking about in our prayer life, in our communion, our fellowship with the Lord. Second question Am I in communion with others? Am I in communion with others? Are there people who I am not at peace with? And I have not done what I could to right the relationship. Are there people that I'm holding a grudge against or who I'm angry at or who I've not forgiven for their offense against me? Is there someone that I put down, that I've gossiped about? that I've discredited. Am I in communion with others? In Matthew 5, 23, Jesus said this, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother, or sister in this case, has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother or your sister. Then come and offer your gift. Then Jesus says something pretty strong and verses later in Matthew 6 14 for if you forgive men when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive men their sins your father will not forgive your sins it's pretty strong so is there anyone I need to be right with am I in with others now, I know most of us will have people in our lives that we're not reconciled with. And with these folks, when you've done all you can do to make things right. But there are times when you've done all you can do to make something right with, 
with someone mm -hmm. and they won't forgive you they won't they'll cut you off they won't have a relationship so at that point you just turn them over to the Lord and you leave them with him but I'm not referring to those kind of folks when I ask him am, am I in communion with us I'm referring to people and situations that you can make things right with but our pride and our stubbornness will not allow us to go and ask forgiveness and attempt to make things right the men here, did you know that your relationship with your wife will affect your prayers? Did you know that? 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the women, to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So that your prayers may not be hindered. We don't treat our wives right. We're not in right relationship. It affects our relationship and our ability to commune with the Lord. Our inability to be in communion with others will affect our ability to be in communion with God. So am I in communion with others? Third question. Am I confident in God's word? Am I confident in God's word? The Bible has given the follower of Jesus hundreds of promises, and many of them are directed toward our prayers. They not only inform our prayers, but they build our confidence and faith in God that he is indeed involved with this process of coming to him in prayer. For example, Luke 11, verses 9 through 13, Jesus said, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, him who seeks finds, to him who knocks the door is open. There are so many promises. In Jeremiah 33, 3, the Lord speaking to Jeremiah, says, Come to me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things. So when you want an answer, when you're needing something from the Lord, he says, Come, and I will answer you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, come, bring your, with everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, bring your petitions to him. And the God, and, and what, what does he say happens after that? The peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast your, cast your anxieties upon the Lord for he cares upon, about you. So when I come to before the Lord in my prayer time, am I confident in God's word? Do I believe that the one who has promised that he's really faithful? Do I come before him believing that his promises are true? Another verse that we often quote but we don't really think about. The Hebrews 11:6 and without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he faithfully rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's another valuable promise we have from the scripture. Am I confident in God's word about who I'm praying for or what I'm praying for? Father John is so anxious about what he's going through. 1 Peter 5, 7 tells us, that cast our anxieties upon you. Lord, help John cast his anxieties upon you. Am I confident in God's word? You still with me? Mm -hmm. Okay, fourth question. 
Am I committed to God's will? Am I committed to God's will? 1 John 5.14 tells us this. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Now this one can trip us up too often because we want our will, our way, our desires in a situation. And also it is sometimes difficult to discern what God's will is in a particular situation. So how do you pray God's will? The scriptures tell us plenty about the will of God. We know it's not His will for us to steal something. We know it's not His will for us to have another person's spouse. We know it's not His will to wish evil on someone else or wish that they would die because they've made us angry. <laughs> we know it's God's will that we be victorious over temptation. We know it's God's will that we live, in, live right and we live holy. We know it's God's will that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. We know that it's God's will that we forgive those who sin against us. So the Scriptures can guide us in how to pray according to God's will. There's a lot of things that are just really clear. But there's more to praying according to His will. Am I willing for God to say no and then be committed to this? Am I willing to God to say wait and be committed to this? Yes, Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. But just because the Lord gives you a desire doesn't mean it's His will for you or His will for you at this time. You with me? Mm -hmm. And then there's this Holy Spirit whom God gives to those who obey Him, John 14, 23. And then He gives gifts of the Holy Spirit, gifts of wisdom, gifts of knowledge. And when we pray according to His will, God will reveal what His will is or how to pray. He'll give us wisdom and counsel from above, as James 1, 5 speaks of, to know how to pray according to His will. And he'll give knowledge on what to pray or how to pray. When I pray for other people, and I'm very serious every day about praying for the people that I'm responsible for, and I actually have it systematically, a way that I do this so I can pray for our clergy and for all the bishops and then all these special needs that come up. But here's what I'll do. I'll bring somebody's name up. And then I'll say, Lord, how do you want me to pray for this person today? That's if I hadn't talked to him in a while. It's amazing what he will put in your mind on how to pray for that person. Oftentimes, I'll be led to call them, just check in, see how they're... And it's amazing how that issue is something... Sometimes I'll write an issue, uh, I'll write them a note to say, I just prayed for you today about uh, forgiveness, or whatever it might be, and, and describe what I prayed for them. But if, if you'll open yourself up, the Holy Spirit will lead you and show you how to pray according to His will. Not too long ago, I was praying for someone, and I thought I had a word for the person. And the word was, don't allow the other voices to crowd me out. Don't allow the other voices to crowd, crowd me out. So I prayed along those lines for the person. I even sent the person a note. Now, I could have heard it all wrong, but I was attempting to pray the will of God for them. 
Um, just this week, I was praying for someone, and I thought I heard clearly that they should be willing to share specifics about something they were going through with certain people. So I began to pray so that they'd have the courage to do so. Now, I may have been totally wrong, but I'm trying to listen and pray according to God's will for that situation. So, 1 John 5.14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And the fifth question to ask, am I centered in the Holy Spirit? Am I centered in the Holy Spirit? It is so easy to run into God's presence in the flesh and not in the Holy Spirit. However, it's the Holy Spirit, this, this one who indwells us, that gives us the ability to commune with the Lord, to hear Him, to know His presence, to enjoy fellowship with Him. Too often we just come barging in with all our worldly and fleshly mindset and attitudes rather than tuning into the Holy Spirit who's indwelling us. Sometimes we literally have to tune in like we would a radio station or television station. Tune our minds into the, toward the Lord and with the, the Spirit who's indwelling us. Because the world's just been bombarding us with all this stuff in our mind. We're, we're so worried about all this stuff out here. And we got to tune in to Him. Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us, meaning the Holy Spirit. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans and words that cannot express. That words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints and according to God's will. So one of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is to help us when we don't know how to pray for us. Another ministry here, it says that the Holy Spirit's interceding for the saints according to God's will. The apostles were told in John 14, 26, that the Holy Spirit would help them remember what Jesus' words were. And he did that when they were called upon to give an account of this scripture that we call the Bible now. The Holy Spirit will also do this in our prayer time if we will get centered in Him and allow Him to guide us in our prayers. Am I centered in the Holy Spirit? Now just another side note on this. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to do something that's contrary to His Word. And that's where so many in the church have gone astray today. They think, ah, oh, this is what I need to do. And what, but it's contrary to His Word. He'll never lead us to contrary contradict his word and then the last question here is number six am I concerned for God's glory am I concerned for God's glory Jesus said and whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son if you ask me anything in my name I will do it the ultimate purpose of our prayer time is God's glory for uplifting and honoring Him, for giving up all to Him and for Him. So what if you get healed? You think that's great, right? Did God get the glory? So what if your rent gets paid? Did God get the glory? Too often our prayers are about our glory, about my needs, my hurts, my success, about my issues. 
And there's nothing wrong with any of that. I mean, the Lord cares about all that. But our focus is on, should be on the glory of the Lord, giving Him honor, praise, and glory. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the glory, that we pray in the, in the Lord's Prayer. If we can remember that God's glory is at stake when we pray, it can change everything. I mean, it really does change everything. So are you ready to pray? Am I clean before the Lord? Am I in communion with others? Am I confident in God's word? Are you really confident in God's word? I mean, we say we are, but do we believe it? Am I committed to God's will? Am I centered in the Holy Spirit? And am I concerned with God's glory? You know one other thing? This actually applies to our worship as well. When you gather together on Sundays, are we really expecting to encounter God? Am I expecting to worship? Am I expecting to hear the Word of God and the word, a word from God? Am I expecting to pray? Am I expecting to commune with Him when we have communion together? Could it be that I'm not clean before the Lord? Could it be that I'm not communion in communion with other people? Could it be that I'm, I'm just not confident in His Word? Could it be that I'm not committed to God's will, whatever that might be, or that I'm not centered in the Holy Spirit when I come to worship, or that I'm really not concerned about His glory, but it's about me. See, this applies to our worship together as well. So those are a few words about entering into His presence. James said here, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. See, our own passions are all those Fleshly things, sometimes we hear the, the word passion and we just think of the dirty passions. But they're also good passions. All those things we like. And they're not bad in themselves. But if, if, if our prayers are just about all of that, we're praying wrongly. And it's, 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 it's just we're praying words. We almost become like babbling idiots. Um, we don't realize it. So with that, let's, let's have a time of prayer. Thank you for listening to A Word from the Lord. I would like to take a few moments and, and give you the opportunity to become a believing Christian. I know today we have a lot of folks that go to church and are real religious, but if you were to ask them if they really know Jesus Christ, they wouldn't know what you were talking about. And I don't know if you're one of those people this morning, but if you've never become a believing Christian, I'd like to give you a just a simple ABC, not a gimmick, but, but just the way it is. And, and, a is for acknowledging that you're a sinner. We live in a culture which says, you know, basically we don't make mistakes, but we do. And when we measure up against God's Ten Commandments, um, all of us have fallen short in some way. We've all messed up, and, and that's called sin, and we need to acknowledge that. The B is, is to believe, to believe in Jesus and what He's done on the cross is God's remedy for our sin, is God's solution for being alienated from Him to believe that through Jesus I can be made whole and I can be healed, that I can be forgiven. And the C is for confess. Confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. A lot of folks receive Him as their Savior. They want their, what I call, fire insurance, make sure they don't go to hell. But they aren't willing 
to allow him to be their Lord, to be the one who uh, is the master of their life, and, and to confess that, uh, to be willing to share that with those you love and those you care about, that Jesus is your Lord. So it's really that simple, um, and yet it's that powerful that it makes such an eternal difference. Acknowledge that you're a sinner. Believe that Jesus is the solution. And confess that Jesus is your Lord. I invite you to stop what you're doing right now and and say a simple prayer. Uh, Confess your sin to Him. Tell Him you believe in Him. And then begin to confess Him as your Savior, Lord. If you've done that, I encourage you to uh, let me know. I'd like to send you some materials to help you grow in your Christian faith. It's it's like becoming a a baby all over again, and there's some things you need to know, some, some things you need to learn in order to walk with God. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the Word of Christ. Please visit us online at awftl.org.